0: Hey everyone, Jay here. In this interview, which is a two-parter by the way, we talked to Charles Griffiths from Cavalier Studios about The Sexy Boutal. We are incredibly appreciative of Charles taking some time out to talk to us, and we ended up talking for almost two and a half hours, which is why this episode is a two-parter. But one thing to note is that Squidge might sound a little bit off. He was actually in Mortal Kombat with his mic settings and had to adjust them after the interview. One last thing... There may be spoilers in this episode, so listen out for the spoiler warning music, or check the chapters list in your podcatcher. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Waffling Tailors podcast. We do have a special guest with us this week, but uh, I'm just going to throw it over to Squidgy to say hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. Hello, Squidgy. <laughs> just like last time, uh, I've been listening through to some of our yet to be released at the time of recording episodes. You came through a little bit hot there, but that's not a problem. We can alter mm-hmm. that in post. Um, but with us as well is uh, Charles from uh, Cavalier Games. How are you, Charles?
1: I'm good, thank you. And thank you very much for inviting me on the show. It's uh, it's going to be fun to have a little chat about sex Brutale today.
0: Awesome. Exactly, exactly. Well, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with us because, um, you know, it's it's not the middle of the day, but it's kind of middle of the afternoon, and that means that you're presumably having to take some time out from doing the busy work, that you know, the, the stuff that you do uh, on a daily basis. So I really appreciate that. So thank you ever so much. No trouble at all. Excellent. Um, so yeah, as Charles mentioned, as Charles mentioned, um, we're going to be talking about, um, the sexy brutal. We're going to cover what the game is, a little bit about its history, that kind of thing. We've got some questions already. Uh, shout out to both Red Mage and White Mage for, um, first of all, for saying that they love the game because um, I interviewed them back in episodes six and eight of this podcast, oh, where I'm um, roughly thinking this is going to be like episode eighty-two. So that gives oh, you wow. some kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, but uh, they are absolute huge fans of the show, so I had to get in contact with them. So we've got a few questions for them too. But uh, a few, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, so like I said, we're going to be talking to Charles about uh, Sexy Brutal. What it was, maybe. Maybe what was it like to create a contemporary puzzle game? Um, maybe asking some questions from community. Uh, but we'll come back to that in a moment. We'll also talk about what the Sexy Brutal is. But um. Firstly, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about uh, the recent video games we've been playing. So, uh, Scridge, do you want to go first, or shall we throw it over to Charles to go first?
2: Uh, let's throw it over to the guest.
0: Okay. Oh. Uh, so, yeah. So, Charles, what are, what have you been playing recently? If you've been playing anything at all, so people don't get the chance. to?
1: Well, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be a weird one. <laughs> it's going to be a weird one, but very, very on brand. In fact, with the with the Sex Brazil, as this is no word of a lie, I've been playing the 1993 SNES classic, Vegas Stakes, which is Weeds. basically the best casino game that's been made. I think, you know, I looked around, I, I basically, how this came about, right, was that I wanted to learn how to play craps. I never knew how to play craps. I was like, I want to learn how to play craps. And I started looking into that. And then when I was then looking for a game to play for, you know, non-real money, obviously. And I was looking around, there are no good casino games. That just seems like a genre that's, pretty much died. There was nothing like that. So I was kind of looking around, and I just thought, oh, I can't believe I'm going to end up having to go back to Vegas, sakes. I can't find a better a better game than a game that was made 23, well, no, 27 years ago on the SNES. Uh, it's, uh, um, but yeah, it's, it's a few games. It's like a casino adventure game. It's, it's weird.
0: <laughs> Maybe that could be a new project for Cavalier Games. I'm not trying to tell you what to do, but, you know, if you voted well, to I, buy the capital uh, Market... <laughs>
1: It's uh I mean it's just a, it just lets you, you know, play poker and craps and blackjack and things like that but you know as a SNES game with some adventure game elements thrown in and uh, yeah so it's, know, it's been fun something to learn.
2: Mm. I can't actually um with the more modern iterations of like card games and stuff, I can't play Texas Hold'em poker. I can play ordinary poker. Yeah. I can't play Texas Hold'em. And it, the only difference is there's some cards on the table and you've got like three cards and you've got to make a yeah. hand. That's the only difference. And I can't wrap my head around it. And I've tried. I just can't do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's kind of, a, it seems, you know, with some of the casino games, they go in and out of fashion and then they completely take over. And that's why even when I was looking into, oh, you know, I want to learn how to play craps. And you look into it and it's something where you can't really do that in England anymore. There's only a few casinos in England, in London, that have craps Mm. tables at all. Stuff just comes in and out of fashion. And Texas Hold'em just ended up taking over poker entirely. Mm. You know, it seems like it's the only stuff you get, you know, American casinos and things like that. But here in Europe, we seem to have more of a variety in France and Italy and things like that. But, yeah, some things, they they just come in and they just take over everything. Texas Hold'em seems to have done that. Mm.
0: No, oh, fair enough. I've I've never played any kind of no. I, I, that's a lie. I have participated in a game of poker in that I was like, yeah, I have some cards, and I'll yeah, I'll I'll take another card, please. There you go. And I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I fold. And
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, first game of poker I ever played. They handed me my cards, and everyone did like you know check, stay, and whatever. And they came to me and I said, "Is anyone got any sixes And they all looked at me and I went, What
1: (laughs) (laughs) that that not this game?
2: Nobody explained the rules, so I just went to what I thought was normal.
1: Anyone got any sixes? (laughs) I mean people love poker, it's obviously massive, but it's a very personal game. Like it's not Mm. it's not my favourite thing because you very much are playing the other people, so it's not it's not necessarily the funnest thing for a group of friends to do necessarily. If I mean if you're actually betting real money and things like especially if you're doing winner takes all, because uh, you know, as a multiplayer experience, only one person is gonna come away after having had a really great night, and every other player is gonna be a bit, well, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean they're all fun. I do like, you know, card games and all that kind of stuff. I imagine you guys have probably been playing something a bit more up-to-date. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I don't know, so uh, is, that, uh, is that essentially just what you've been playing, Charles? Oh no, I've, I've
1: actually been playing all the other, you know, more normal things. Rainbow Six Siege, been playing uh, a lot of that as a as a multiplayer thing, and um, just started playing Sea of Thieves. That's another one that, you know, I hadn't got around to. I'm big, big, big rare fan, you know, but more golden era rare, right? That's all anybody, you know, really, really yeah. loves, isn't it? Yeah. You know? well. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, I mean that's a you know, big, big, big fan of that. And uh yeah, and then what other stuff is i playing? Yeah, Doom Eternal, played that, and completed that. That's good. Animal Crossing, obviously. Um,
0: Everyone's and- playing
1: that. But yeah, that one's Animal Crossing. I right? always it loved Animal Crossing. Seems as well. to be
0: yeah, the, the lockdown game, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think well, me and me and my brother imported the Japanese version. You know, when we were teenagers oh, really? or something, which, and I remember trying, you know, doing everything I could to try and figure out how to play Dobutsu no Mori when it was on N sixty four was the very first one or whatever. And we were like, oh, how can we play that? But then I think we did give up on that because it was just that that game really relies on language <laughs> so why yeah. why bother i think we did just wait for the gamecube um yeah and then i think i think that's uh that's about it so fair fair few things you know lockdown eh you know it's uh, <laughs> certainly <laughs> allows you to get through a few games
0: yeah right mm. uh, what about you then squidge what have you been playing
2: well i it, just because you mentioned sea of thieves i remember when that first came out this is like pre-lockdown before it came out in steam, I went to a friend's house, and he uh, said, "Oh, you just just run around." There's a, there's me and a few of my friends were in like a crew, so so run around. So they they were in like in the port looking for missions and stuff. At which point, I jumped in the ship and sodded off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Stole their ship. That feels like a perfect
2: piratey thing to do. <laughs> I mean, you asked me to be a pirate. I'll be a pirate. I'll take your ship.
1: Yeah, mm. I mean, screwing over your own crew is, uh, is the next level of, of piracy, I think. <laughs> it's,
2: it's, it's Blackbeard level, in it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's, been, there's been a disturbing lack of piracy thus far in my experiences with Sea of Thieves. It all seems like everybody's pretty nice. And it's like, well, you should definitely start robbing some other people, I think.
2: <laughs> well, I, th- I think it's up to you just to start stealing ships, I think.
1: I think so. I think, really, I mean, it's an, it's an open market, clearly, if everyone's going to be nice. Well, then that's, uh, <laughs> that's a world of opportunity there for somebody that doesn't want to be nice.
2: <laughs> um, but as of recently, I've I've uh, taken advantage of, of time recording. Uh, Nintendo Switch has had a massive sale, so I've started buying things left, right and centre, which I've already got on other consoles, but I just thought, I'll just get it on the Switch anyway. Mm. <laughs> so I got the... Um, the Borderlands Legendary Edition. Oh yeah. That's pre-sequel one and two with all the DLC bar one. I've been playing that. I got the first um, Resident Evil Revelations game for like eight quid. Um, I got something else as well. But past two days I've been uh, sort of refreshing myself for Sexy Brutal. But apart from that, it's been a mixture of Borderlands 2 and... Uh, what was that other one? Nah, it can't have been that important. It can't have been that good, to be honest, if I can't remember it. But it's it's basically been first person shooters and, uh, yeah, just first person shooters. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I've been doing, just shooting things in the head because reasons.
1: Well, exactly. uh, I mean, they are, you know, they're classics for a reason, right? I find that, yeah, yeah. after a while, I'm going to want to play a first person shooter. Rainbow Six, Doom, they're both pretty awesome.
2: I flip between uh, console and PC and with PC, cause I've got my sensitivity that high. I can like zoom through and everything's okay. Then I go to a pad and everything's mm. really slow. So I have to whack up the sensitivity. I end up trying to turn and shoot and I'm either too slow or too fast, and it's like I, I can't hit a bullet with the side of a barn, you know, mm. <laughs> um, until I get used to it again, and then I'll flip to my PC, and then I, I'm all lost, Then I get used to the PC, and then there's about an hour's worth each time trying to get used to the new controls.
1: Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can deal with that. I just go for PlayStation for Rainbow Six.
0: Mm. Mm. That's fair enough. The, uh, that sort of PlayStation based fps controls they're pretty much classic out there they mm. they've iterated a few times but they've settled on what they have at the moment and it just works right mm-hmm. excellent so uh, so that's what you've been playing this was A bunch of first person shooters and obviously the sexy brutal to sort yep. of remind yourself okay yep that's cool that's cool um so uh what i've been playing is what well, i did a, kind of like an undecided session on saturday didn't i squidge when we this will date the recording but i essentially i played a little power blade on the nez which is um a classic game
1: power blade on the nez
0: yeah Uh so this is uh, imagine um a metroidvania style game except Uh you're playing essentially as arnold schwarzenegger and you're using a boomerang
1: huh i did not know that game
0: yeah, that's that's a design document that comes straight out of the eighties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, did a little bit of that. Played a little bit of um, WCW versus NWO Revenge on the N64.
1: Oh my god, I love that game. Great, game. <laughs> great game. Great game. Love that. You know, customising your entrances and stuff like that, and do, you know, yeah, creating know. your own wrestler. That was the best wrestling yeah. game, I think. That was. I didn't it think totally there did any better than that.
0: Hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's all gone downhill since then. If I'm honest, oh <laughs> 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 I mean, the quality, the graphical quality has improved right up until oh, 20, yeah. 20, and then it all fell off of a cliff. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah, that's about it, really. Just kind of those two and a couple of other little games that I've played for five minutes. But that's hmm. that's what I've been playing. Um, yeah. But yeah, mm. it's cool. It's cool.
1: Well, um, there you go. You've got everything oh, actually, from wrestling to card games.
0: Another one I've been playing, I've just remembered because I bought it the other day, was the Ace Attorney trilogy. The old Phoenix oh, Wright yeah. games. Oh, yes.
1: Yeah, those are great.
0: Yeah, love those games. Um, mm-hmm. Music's brilliant. The storyline's simple enough to follow. Really simple enough for me to follow. Um, <laughs> it's loads of fun. And then, um, yeah, and then uh, the movie. Uh, did you know this, that the the Japanese made a movie of it, and it pretty much it's a live-action movie, but it's pretty much perfect shot-for-shot shot recreation of the first game. It's,
1: oh, wow, it's really? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I really I, heard, good yeah, I heard vague things about the making movie. I just didn't know if that was real or not, or an internet yeah, spoof yeah. or something.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, it was uh, directed great. by Takeshi Mike, who usually directs really horrible, grotesque, horrid films. And this is – if you take the horrible, grotesque horridness out of all of his films, it's essentially the same visual style and directing style as – the game so it was oh, a perfect awesome. fit <laughs> But there you go excellent um so yeah that's recent games uh, but the other thing that we usually do as well is we do a little bit on uh the a thing called the thunder playing games i wonder whether you'd like to join in on this this is
1: uh I, essentially without knowing what it is the answer is yes definitely <laughs>
2: <laughs> i love Blair, it what a person. Person. very very brave person a <laughs> lot of life's volunteers
0: i love it
1: <laughs> i mean it's a good okay. name so i'm
0: sold <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough um, so what it is is imagine desert island discs very similar to that the idea is that you've been trapped on a desert island Uh, But before you were going there, you've somehow signed up for it or something, kind of more like Survivor, I guess, than Desert Island Discs. You've agreed to go to this desert island for an unspecified amount of time. There's always going to be food and shelter and water, so you don't have to worry about that. But you've been asked to bring along um, up to two or three video games. That can include full systems, but you can only have you will be given the systems to play the games on, essentially. So two to three video games that you can take with you, they can be internet connected, but you can't ask for help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You're yeah, And you're allowed to play them for as long as you want. Uh, There can be that social interaction with it. So if you wanted to see if Thieves is totally okay, but like I say, you can't ask them to come and pick you up. That's the only <laughs> difference.
1: <laughs> well, Teams yeah, might be an interesting choice. Just <laughs> on a desert <laughs> island, you're like, wow, this is really yeah, this is well, quite the well, in, in the
2: uh, in the thunder plains. You're stuck in the thunder plains oh, right, because okay. we don't want to be completely thieving the idea. Ah,
0: I see. <laughs> yeah. Sure. yeah. Okay. So change change you know, you know, it
2: just enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, in case you didn't know, thunder plains comes from uh, Final Fantasy X. Is it Scrooge?
1: Yeah. Uh, okay. Ah, excellent! Right, so cool. I love the specificity of it. That's excellent. I mean, you don't get that on Radio Four. You can tell <laughs> that you guys. You can tell that you guys talk to game developers, right? Because you've got to be specific. There's a bunch of people that are going to say, "Well, can I, you know, can I connect to the internet? Can I talk to other people? Can they send me a well, helicopter? Do I have electricity? Or you know, it's like, what's the catch here? There's got to be something." Uh, exactly. Yeah, no, that's, that's excellent. It's like, yeah, there's <laughs> there's a broad aim of the game, but God knows that's not going to be enough for game developers. You're going to have to break it down. <laughs> Uh, yeah no that's that's cool I get the uh, I get the idea i get the idea um I suppose you guys have answered this a million times right you probably thought about your kind of games what, what way did you guys skew I'd be interested did you go for big massive games that you feel like you could play for ages or
0: that's a really good point we have never done this as I it am- were to ourselves or at least not on the pod so I I think a- okay. was on the pod. what about? What about we fling you both to the thunder planes, and I just sit back in a chair and laugh maniacally. Uh, <laughs> so I'm stuck with Charles in the thunder planes now. How dare you? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean, no, you can go company. your own thunder planes if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, no, I mean, it's, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's a tricky one because I think that that that, that yeah, the reason why I was asking this, is I'm thinking that those are the two ways to go, right? It's like, do you actually pick something? That you think you're going to be able to get hours and hours and hours and hours and hours, and hours out of, you know, or do something. I, so I I think for me, that whole, you know, you've you've only got two games forever. I think that the, the trap would be then trying to pick something where you think it's going to entertain you forever, like Warcraft or whatever. I, I would actually go, I think I know, you know, the, the, the games I'd pick the sort of shortlist. And one of them would definitely be... Um, GoldenEye on the end it's cool. you know Just cause I, I think I'd have to yeah go the other way like can you play GoldenEye forever and ever and ever you know would you get bored of it would you be better off with some gigantic thing like GTA 5 which is also good it's like you know maybe but GoldenEye I think is something that means something to me you know I've got a lot of memories yeah. there and it means something to me so that I, I'd gravitate towards that kind of thing I think it would probably be GoldenEye and Final Fantasy Six or you know or, or, or three as it was released in North America or whatever because those are the two games that probably mean the most to me and I have them you know the most memories of and things like that and I wouldn't I, I think you know and I wouldn't want to just uh you wouldn't want to take one of these games that I think that can just go on on forever and ever because it's like they're, they're more like opiates at that stage you just sit there on your island or in your thing and you just yeah you'd find ways to spend the time but I don't know. Doesn't it doesn't doesn't seem right to me? Doesn't doesn't feel doesn't feel good to me. So I'd, I'd take those two things, like like taking a you know taking a book that you really like. It's like obviously you can't read that book forever, but at least it means something, you know. So probably yeah, it'd be, it'd be those games for me. I think.
0: Okay, fair enough. Those are some really good choices. Do you, wanna, do you want to do mine now, dear? Since I've yeah, already done this once, let's fling you over to the Thunder Plains as well, Squidge.
2: This is a double down. I've already done Thunderplane games once, so I'm, I'm being flung back in. it. I'm getting PTSD now. Yeah.
1: Um, well, maybe your opinions so, have changed over time. I don't know. No, they're exactly the same. Okay, all right. They're yeah. exactly <laughs> the same.
2: Um, Soul Blade on the PS1, just to um, oh, yeah. beat people up, because reasons. Um, I probably learned the move movesetters of all the characters instead of just one, which is what I did before. And the other one would be a less talked about Possibly people think it's not canon, but it is a game on the Game Boy Color called Resident Evil Gaiden.
1: Gaiden. Oh, that it's, is it
2: ima- yeah. It's if you imagine it's Barry Burton, I'm not going to say his full name, yeah. You can start off. Um, Barry Burton investigates a ship that have lost contact with, and suddenly zombies, right? Mm-hmm. But it's a Game Boy Color game and it's sort of top down moving around the battle system isn't you aim, you shoot. It's the enemy's on screen and you've got a bar at the bottom and a cursor's moving from left to right constantly. And there's a hitbox for the enemy and you've got to time your shots. Mm-hmm. I call it Resident Evil meets Rock Band, but without the guitars. Because <laughs> that's essentially oh, what it is. Okay, right. And, and for me i I choose that specifically for Thunderplane because it's a very dark atmosphere and you get lightning bolts all the time. And I'd only be able to play when a lightning flash lit up the sky so it'd make it twice as difficult.
1: (laughs) Well, that is certainly another way of going.
2: (laughs) And obviously I'd have it plugged in all the time because, you know, Game Boy Colours and Game Boys eat up batteries.
1: So I'd have it plugged in
2: constantly. Not as much as the Game Gear the game gear you turn it on it runs out of
0: power that's it it's run out Mm -hmm. of power before you switch it on (laughs) which is interesting considering that sega have announced a bunch of game gear micros so how long are the batteries going to last in that (laughs) oh well excellent choices folks excellent choices Let's 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 talk about the sexy brutal. Now, first thing Woo. I want to say is it's got nothing to do with with that second word, has it? I mean, what's 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 the name all about? Before we talk about the game, what in the heck is
1: that name all about? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that uh, to us, it's, you know, it's just, it, it's the same as Moulin Rouge, right, or something. It's just yeah, it, it was the name of the place first and foremost it's just it, it's the name of the place Obviously, i know you can get how people would be confused about you know well what is the brutal what is the other it's just it, it's a place name it's a casino so yeah that side of it and the, the the whole you know the the name and it being the sex brutale is and you know related to the the character who makes the casino and it's it's his view of gambling basically uh and you know our, our view of, of what that is a bit being the sexy and the brutale you've got the kind of glamour of gambling and that kind of lifestyle and the whole james bond thing and the colors and atmosphere of it and then you've got the very hard edge to what gambling is it's 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 all about games and entertainment and, and games for adults and having fun and you know playing together but there's a very very hard edge to gambling that's always the the juxtaposition with it right it's meant to be this fun friendly thing but uh, you know it can go very very wrong for lots of people and gambling can involve a lot of a lot of misery as well as a lot of happiness so it was really like that's that's why he names his casino that is because that's that's what gambling means to him it's the sexy glamorous but also unpleasant side of life you know brought together hmm. so and in and, and, and terms of it and you know then actually sort of going with that name running it was also just well i, I think to us it was just a statement of independence as well, of being like, if, if I was at Microsoft, if we were at other companies, you probably couldn't, or you'd be advised not to name a game after the casino, if the casino has the name, the Sex Brutal or something. But, you know, when you're independent, you're independent. So it was like, no, nope, we like the name, mm. we want to name the game. You know, we, we certainly thought about changing it at some points, but in the end it was like, no, it, it, it stuck in our minds and we liked it. And it was what we felt the, casino was going to be called so that was what we wanted to name it and then we ran with it and then um certainly you know the the publisher thought the same thing um of saying like oh i don't know maybe we should think about the name uh but after they'd lived with it for a bit they had the exact same feeling that we had was th- they came back and said actually no we've we've, we've changed our minds that the, everybody remembers the name was was their mm. point and it was like yeah and that that's how we felt as well we we You know, my brother came up with the name, and then initially you hear it and go, oh, I don't know, can we? It's a bit, hmm. And then you live with it and go, no, I like it. I want to stick with it. Yeah. When you set the
0: rules, they can be whatever you want, right?
1: Yeah. Mm
2: it's a it's a good thing that your uh your brother came up with that name because i, I can just imagine the board meeting you know just picking names out of the hat or p- pointing at people what's the name what's the name you got like what's the name crunchy cockroach not a, no what's the name Wobbling frog spawn not doing that what's the name sexy brutal we'll come back to you what else we've got yeah. And then <laughs> three, three of them later they go back what was that brutal one who said that and then you point what was it again sexy brutal that's gold. That's yeah, still yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I can just imagine it would be something like that.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I mean, names are hard in general because you can you can really overthink them. And some of the the best things in the world, they own the name. Do you know what I mean? They first of all, the the name became less important, or the name was quite stupid, or the name was quite generic, or the you know the TV show Friends or something. You know, you just think you know can you name it that it's so generic it means nothing but you know if if you're successful if it's a good thing you end up owning that name and it 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 takes on whole other meaning so sometimes the drive to have that perfect name you know depends some things that seems very but it's always sunny in philadelphia for example that's a kind of a terrible name for a tv show really and it's got nothing to do with anything but it's a, they they owned that you know they made a TV show they run and now it, it works it works because they, they made it work
2: it'd be cool. a bit strange if that TV show was set in Ipswich you know <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's true I mean I suppose it does it's, yes it does it's the same thing <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: just saying, you know. it seems just a little bit odd <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: so next time I need to name something I'm going to have to put it past Squidge and go well does it work and then we'll have to see oh jesus <laughs> jesus
2: watch out for the next thing released by Orch. It's called uh scritchy nipsquitch
1: yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember watching they, they had much the same thing um what's his face george miller had the same thing with mad max and that mad max was just a silly alliterative name that that meant something to him he said it he liked it but he expected it to be the first thing to go the second he was signing the movie with anybody. And sure enough, the second, you know, it was signed up with Warner Brothers or whoever it was that made the original one, they were just saying, like, yeah, but you know, it's time to give this thing a proper title. And they all knock it around and they like, oh, I don't know, actually that, that first thing is kinda, of, you know, kind of memorable, kind of kinda of weird, kinda of blah, and then they end up running with it and he you know, he didn't it seems like he didn't think that would ever be the final title of the film. But
0: Excellent. Mm-hmm. See that's I've always there's there's this old uh, joke in computer programming right there's two things that are difficult in computer programming there's naming things cache invalidation and off by one errors <laughs> 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 yeah. naming stuff is hard right <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> okay so we talked about the name so uh, for perhaps the folks who haven't played it because there are a few people who listen to this who go like uh, our friend uh, we call him Jay Z. He isn't the real
1: Jay-Z. He's the
0: unaffiliated yeah, Jay-Z. Yeah. Um, he's always well, saying to us... It's
1: a little bit you know disappointing, how... to be honest. I uh, thought <laughs> Z was a big fan and had questions.
0: That's <laughs> <tell you>, right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's always saying to us, do you live in some kind of alternate reality where you play games that I've never heard of? So let's hope he has heard of it. Um, but on the chance <laughs> that he hasn't played it, uh, could you give us a, a brief
1: description of the Sexy Brutal? Uh, sure, yeah. The the Sex Brutal, it is a puzzle adventure game uh, where you're playing the role of a priest called Lafcardio Boone, who wakes up in the middle of a masked ball held at this casino mansion, the Sex Brutal. And this masked ball is obviously going very wrong. All the people around you are being murdered in various different gruesome ways. And the final the kicker of it is that when it hits midnight, uh, Boone and you sort of wake up again on the same day. So it's also trapped in this Groundhog Day loop. And you work through the game by saving each individual guest from the fate that they have on this day. And by doing so, you're able to sort of talk to them for a bit and get a power from them linked to their mask and their character. And that allows you to move further into the mansion and unlock more bits of the mansion on further loops. So you can kind of piece together what's happening and ultimately find out how and if you can save everybody and figure out why this loop is happening and how you can stop it with the broad of it.
2: Can, can I just ask? I only, or can I just mention, I only agreed to do this interview because I didn't know how to pronounce Boone's first name. Oh, and okay. you just did.
1: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I, I just called him Boone. Right. Was it left cardia? Left
1: yeah.
2: yeah. Left right.
1: Usually, I, was, I couldn't pronounce it. Usually the pronunciation know. problems are the brutal, right? People saying is the brutal. I
0: I love how you're the one who has to agree to the interview squid. It's all right to get Charles back, I, as long as you're okay with it. Oh yeah. yeah i yeah. you got I, I, it, be see-
1: honest, because, I, I mean, otherwise it was just going to be me. Uh, <laughs> I was just going to have to mail it to you or something. Just to...
2: <laughs> but I, I honestly, that's the only name I had trouble with playing the entire game. So I just, I mean, it gets to a point where everyone else calls you Boone. So I just figure, oh, his name's Boone. Then when you get that full name, it's sort of like, I've, 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 I don't have a clue. Mm. But I mean,
0: <laughs> this is where, like, uh, I mentioned them at the start, um, White Mage, Red Mage, uh, both of them, they they play together, and um, they just call him Laffy constantly. You know, it's just Laffy. Laffy's great. Laffy does this. Laffy does that. Because why not, right? It's like a cute little nickname.
1: Yeah, well, I think one of the characters does refer to him as Laffy. Tequila oh, or Willow. Tequila, maybe, I think. Oh no, or. Yeah. Yeah, one of
2: them does, yeah. Tequila, is that Tequila Bell, the singer?
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I I think she refers to him as Laughing. Mm -hmm. I I played it recently, so if it's really fresh in my mind, I'm pretty sure it was there. (laughs) Yeah. Fair enough. The the game
0: itself has a wonderful, very specific play style and look, right? Is that I get the feeling it's very much like those old school. those old school puzzle games go over here and do this. So you can get the the thing to do that sort of thing. I mean, that's mm-hmm. dumbing it down a lot, a lot. That's taking a lot from it, taking a lot away from it, but it also has that very wonderful isometric view. And I don't know much about art or art styles. I'm going to say art deco and get it completely wrong and have lots of people standing around with pitchbox wanting to kill me for no reason. Mm-hmm. That's, that's <laughs> the feeling I get from it, right? Mm-hmm. It was, was the original idea to go with that sort of isometric and, uh, puzzle game and uh, that art deco feel or was it originally going to be first person and we'll just we'll do that whoops technology isn't there or we can't really make it work let's change it uh
1: yeah so there's there's two very distinct phases i think before it was the sexy brutal so you know there's a stage there where it was something quite quite different but held you know certain common aspects of sex retail, mainly people moving around on a schedule uh, and having, having a routine and things like that. But that, uh, you know, that was genuinely quite different before it crystallized into sex retail. So before it was casinos, before it was anything like that, Um, it was just more some design commonality. And then when it did actually uh, formalize into sex retail, yes, I'd say like, even inherits the concept was certain things, definitely the, the, the isometric um, thing, the proportions of the characters, the amount of, you know, broad screen space that took up that, that kind of look, all that camera angle stuff, that was all um, very early on. And although the exact stylings of the building weren't, and the actual art style of the game uh, wasn't like I say, only kind of broad strokes, a lot of that stuff was there. So there's, there's early versions of a the very early prototype um, that we were sending out to people uh, to get opinions on and things like that. There's uh, there's some footage out there on the internet and pictures of it, and you can see how it's it's the exact same thing from the exact same camera angles, with everything being roughly the same size and shape, but it's all just you know basic bobblehead type character running around and that kind of thing. So all that all that was there. It was then just a case of yeah, filling in the kind of putting the actual specific skin on top of it, like, yes, what exactly, you know, do, do the walls and doors and everything look like? And that was a process that we were going through with um, Tequila Works that we then, you know, they became the publisher for and worked with us on the art side. Uh, so, yes, I'd say the the art deco thing, but it, even, even aspects of the style were kind of, set down pretty early because it, it's sort of in the name right you, it builds a picture even just the name of the casino you kind of get an idea of what it what it what would be wrong and what would be right straight away so early stuff that we put together um, and that you know my brother put together saying you know this is the, the law behind it and everything even right in that in the very very earliest days you, you got an idea of what the what sort of art would be right and what would be wrong but that didn't get you know finalized until a lot later
0: Sure, sure.
1: But that's definitely, really cool. yeah. I mean the, the isometric thing for sure, because one thing uh I you know, I liked and was quite uh keen on, and we were all keen on, was there's it, i think it would be very easy with a game like this and any puzzle thing, for it to feel very static. Uh and that's certainly how I feel about point and click games and things like that. And it's it it adds such value just a little bit of variation and anything to kind of just shake things up for the player's eye so w- what i liked was the fact that not only it's not even formally isometric because it feels like that that'd be another thing that's easy to do in a, in a game and as a, as a game developers programmer's mindset and instinct right is to go well let's have it this and have it be this system and the camera will be here and then we'll make all the rooms like this but what i really liked was the idea that every single room in sex retail is an individual camera that's you know that's just us placing it and that's that so you know if we just decide well this is going to be a little bit to the left this can be a little bit to the right this can be a little bit down this be a little, you know every room just has that little bit of variation it's not a strict thing of going here is the camera system it will look at this angle at every room so instead it's you know more of a mess of no we're just we're going to purposely vary all of these and there's also a little bit of uh, you know camera motion on itself so it's got that kind of handy cam feel to it and it's very tempting to not do those things because then you can have one generic camera system across the whole game and also if you don't move the camera then you don't have any kind of aliasing or sort of particles on the screen or anything like that. But you do lose something. And I think, you know, uh, uh, rather than have the perfect crisp line that you could get from having everything being very, very uniform, I think it is more important to have the ability to refresh the eye and just give it a bit more life. Because it, it's not an action game, it's a puzzle game. So there's, there's even more danger of it just feeling very static. So yeah, and, and all that was just yeah set down from sort of very, very, very early days really. Mm,
2: definitely. Something different from um, all the, the things you click like pull, push, talk, you know, all the rest of it. You've got two controls, which is interact and use the item mm. that you've chosen with the 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 the, the triggers at the top. Mm, mm. It's um it's it's quite refreshing how simple the control scheme is, but how uh, what's the phrase I'm looking for? How annoyingly simple some of the puzzles are. <laughs> yeah. uh, prime example: the the second person you save, which is, I believe, it's the couple. The yeah. moth, moth, the 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 woman who's a moth and the guy who's gambling, the big brute guy. Yeah. Essentially, what you do is you go into a security room, find some codes, turn off cameras, turn on one camera. Go back into the security room and project the camera into the screen where her partner is, yeah. and he'll run in to save her. That's it. But when you're trying to work it out, you're listening to conversations, you're getting the timing right, you're clicking on everything, you know. It's kinda like trying to trying to be immersed in the game. You're gonna shoot yourself in the foot, and then that that timer just goes Oh, no, God, again. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, you, you, you see him fall to the ground. You've lost, do it again. Oh, fuck! And you've do it again. Oh. For... So I had notes upon notes upon notes of things, and I'd, I'd put a red box around the important stuff, and I'd go flip back. And, you know, once I get to the next person, it's another fresh load of notes and I write yeah. stuff down. And, I'm like, my God, th- some of the timing on it. Oh, some of those timings, even for a set sequence. I'll argue oh. that you mean, but that
0: makes it. <laughs> more more immersive than one of the old-school point-and-click scum adventure games where you're literally just – you put the mouse – at least this is how I used to play it. Maybe other people didn't play it. You put the mouse goes from the top left, and you move it across one row, down a little bit, and you pixel hunting for the thing you're supposed to look for, right? That's all you do. And you yeah. just progressively look at – and that, that's not really immersive. That's just like, where is the solution to – there it is. And then you get the stupid puzzles where it's like, take – uh, an umbrella and an ostrich, and do something with it, and then you get a
2: football. You know, it's it's much. Better. I was I was actually going to mention that that's got a specific name. So, a question that I've got to, got for you is: um, a lot of the the puzzles and the things you've got to do follows a set logic pattern, mm-hmm. right? That's that's definitely. I am just wondering if because I've 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 completed it and I've I've You know, I've got to the end and I chose the better ending. I'll mention that soon, but was you concerned that some people might think some of the puzzles revolved around moon logic? Moon logic? The idea of yeah, the, Moon Logic is like the old school uh, um, point-and-click adventure games where you got to, like JJ said, mm. you got to combine a parrot with a football to right, create yeah, a, yeah. some sort of lockpick to open a yeah. door. You know, the ones where it would force you to think, how do I do this? And then, th- I mean, the ultimate goal of it was you create a puzzle that was so insane that you end up ringing up the helpline. Yeah, yeah. That was the
0: point for of the games here, yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. Was... was was the thought of maybe this puzzle's a bit too hard, maybe the timing's a bit off? Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. You yeah, I
1: mean, there's, there's lots and lots of that, and yeah. there's lots of, um, uh, lots of iteration on that kind of thing, for sure, because that's that's just such a big part of it, is judging the difficulty there, and difficulty is hmm. difficulty is difficult, um, because it's, <laughs> it, it just varies to everybody. And, of course, you know, we've we've seen and heard it all, people that say it's way too easy, people that say it's way too hard. Uh, so of course that's going to happen. Um, and you've just got to decide which way you're going to go and which way you're going to skew. Uh, my thinking, you know, and I think we, we, we still believe this is sometimes if you're trying to innovate on one angle or do something different on, on one or two angles. Well, in order to make that sing, you know, sometimes you've got to simplify the other elements around it. So, but you know, that, that here is some parts that are, More conventional game design. Here are the bits that are quite different, and if everything Mm -hmm. is dialed up, then nothing has an opportunity to to stand out. Do you know what I mean? If if so, yes, we could have had much much more complicated puzzles. We had many many more complicated puzzles, but then it's the case of well, what what is this adding? And is it the right kind of complexity? A, there's there's many different ways you can make it more complicated. There's many many different ways you can make it more hard, and and not all of them are good. Like yeah, you can just make it more and more illogical yeah. if you want. Sure, you've made it harder. Have you made it better? Almost certainly not. Or you can just make it harder to find the answers. There's lots of different um, vectors for doing it. And we sort of had our own internal formula for kind of measuring the complexity of a puzzle that brought in, you know, how many characters are involved, how long a period of the day do you have to examine. How many steps are there? Are those steps temporary or permanent? Because if you've got a lot of temporary steps, that would be another way of making everything. So, you know, there's lots and lots of different ways uh, of doing it. But our fundamental feeling was that because the game, it was using the time loop, and because we were trying to already get across a different kind of puzzle game, it then we didn't need to also have the world's most complicated puzzles because you combine the two things and you're going to end up with something really quite hard or at least, you know, very, very time consuming. And that wasn't the point. The point was for people to have a good time and, you know, feel challenged, but mainly feel rewarded for exploring. So we tried to get around some of those things like not having too narrow a logic path or saying you need to yeah, combine the elephant with the chicken, yada, yada, yada. By, I, I think yeah. for every every puzzle, you know, we're trying to cram quite a few hints in there. You know, there's small scenarios. It's very, very difficult for us to tell meaningful stories or have meaningful character arcs in such tiny periods. But, you know, we tried mm. to, to give you a sense of who these people are. While they're also victims, which is extremely difficult narrative wise. Yeah. These, these are people where things happen to them fundamentally rather than they do things that's very difficult um but you know we we just we tried to really center those there's lots and lots of hints we try so if you're just exploring if you're listening to other people if you're watching different things you know try and keep it focused around you know these are what these guys are doing in the theater this is what um trinity and clay are doing in the casino and try to just keep having those hints because it's it's so easy for if, if you know that stuff and if you're developing it to just go oh this is so obvious this is so obvious but it really isn't, you know. You have to mm-hmm. always be putting yourself in the in the footsteps of somebody that is playing it for the first time. In which case, it's a lot to take in. There's many characters moving around you, and even though it's just a nine minute loop, and even though earlier in the game it's even shorter than that, you know, the, because we're sort of capping it in just the first section of the day or three minutes, it's a lot to take in. Um, so you know, we tried to just simplify it and keep all that stuff. And and in terms of the interface as well, like that was definitely something which is, uh, you know, a, a priority that we had, is trying to take the friction out of some of the simple interactions. That's why everything that's interactable is highlighted. You know, you can't get more obvious mm-hmm. than that. We don't, there's, like to say, there's that pixel hunting is not fun. It adds to the, you know, gameplay length of time that you're getting out of people, but i not sure it necessarily adds to the joy of it. Um, so, you know, we, mm-hmm. we just, we actively highlight the things that are interactable and it comes out in that that sort of radial thing, because I also don't like even the thing of when you're trying to um, interact with something in 3D, even in Mario, it's kind of annoying, right? Because you're you're angling a 3D (laughs) character towards another 3D object on a 2D screen, and even that is just low-level friction. It's kind of irritating. You want the thing to pop up. You want the interaction button to pop up, but you're trying to angle Mario's head or his chest to get in the other thing. So you're just like, nope, we've got those kind of big wheels that come out. You're in the radius. It doesn't matter. You can be facing left. You can be facing backwards. You can be facing whatever you want. You're in the interactable spot, you know? So these are, these are all the little things that, yeah, you know, I I was uh, keen to uh, do and do our, our take on and solve problems that sort of irritate me and irritate all of us on the dev team.
0: (laughs) It's difficult, isn't it? To, to balance that sort of difficulty level, because I mean, my day-to-day work I'm a, I'm a developer but but like i can imagine it's very much like testing your own code you have to really take a step back and go for it if i knew nothing about this system this game this puzzle how would i go about solving it and does that make it more difficult do we need to add like you say do we need more more hints and tips displaying do we need to make it more obvious how to solve it or do we just mm-hmm. let the user step back and go I think I get it and fumble around until they get it. Because for some people, like you said, you know, you've said that you've had people say it's too easy and people say it's too hard. Well, the problem is that those different groups of people would have had different experiences with all sorts of things. Different experiences of playing video games, different experiences of playing puzzle games, different experiences of how um, certain things in the world work that are being mirrored in the game. You know, you can't really there's no way of, I, I'm not trying to say pandering to everyone, but there is no way that you can make it too easy or too difficult for everyone just because we all have different experiences.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, it, and it's just, I do feel like it's one of the most important skills of, of a designer or anybody doing that stuff is that you actually, it's so, it's easy to say, but it's, it's not that easy to do. So you need know, to actually properly step outside of yourself and for something that you have been looking at for a very, very, very long time, you know back to front, you know it intimately, but can you actually look at it with fresh eyes? Because if you can, yeah. then, you know, you have a, you've got a real ability, you know, if you can separate your your head in that way, you know, then then you're on something because then you can actually start evaluating your own stuff and figuring out, you know, what's good and what is isn't, and making the right edits and the right choices.
2: What I will say is for, for like the, the flip side of it, what I've noticed is the people, this this is how I was thinking when I was playing it. If people think it's too easy, you've got the time aspect. So if, you, if you're if you doing the puzzles and you're flying through it, you've got to avoid the people that mm. are there because you get into the same room as them, you're in bother. It goes all red. There's a heartbeat. You can't interact with anything. You've got to run. Mm. You've got to move, right? If it's too hard, all you've got to do is you're going to have a couple of groundhog day you know go around and round. but by the time you get to like a second or third one you're gonna have a pretty good idea of what you've got to do or what the next area yeah. is and then you explore some more so it is a lot of exploring yeah um but if, if you don't like pocket watches and you're not very good at puzzle games this game is gonna annoy the living
1: hell
0: i think you hinted at something really uh quite uh pertinent there Squidge. so again i keep talking about my day job being my day job right but in de- in my day job we talk about the dev loop how long it takes for me to type the code into the computer for it then to be built so then i can test it so that i can deploy it for other people to use right you want that as tight as possible as fast as possible yeah um and I think with the with these puzzles, with each of the individual interactions, like you were saying earlier on, Charles, at the beginning of the game, you've got a three-minute loop, and then next it's a nine-minute loop, right? Mm. Nine minutes feels to me like it's just long enough to be able to fit all of the storyline parts in and all of the wandering around, I don't know what to do next bit, but not so long that you're sat there for an hour waiting to go back to the beginning to realize that, all right, I've got to do this bit first before I can do that bit. So there's, it's fast enough that there's almost like an iterative, um, almost like a trial basis for the people who maybe can't follow fully what's going on. And maybe they missed something at the beginning or maybe they go, all right, I need to go to, like I said, you need to go to this room first and do this bit before you can do the rest of it. For the people who need to sort of iterate until they find the solution, it's just tight enough yeah. without being too tight and without being too loose. That it just it for me it's kind of like a perfect loop if 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 that makes sense. It's the perfect, it yeah, perfect amount of time just to loop around and try again and try again without getting too upset. Mm. You can't do it.
1: Well I mean that's I mean that's that's what you know it's definitely what we we're aiming for is just finding that sweet spot and it is very much just art rather than science. Because yeah, what is the mm. right the right measure of loop? I mean one game that certainly was a big inspiration on on all of this was Gregory Horror Show uh, on the PS2. Um, because that, that was a game where there's a whole bunch of these weird characters in a hotel and it had a timer. Uh, but that's a, a 24 minute loop with no real way of jumping around. it had it had any, it had a really tricky the only way of skipping where you could sleep and you could sleep and it would only it would do a variable amount of time. So if you wanted to s- skip a certain amount of time in order to get to a certain event, you might sleep, and you might actually oversleep where you wanted to because you couldn't control how long you slept for. And then there was another mechanic where you could skip time, but it would, again, skip time, variable amount. Really, really tricky. It was It's such a great game in, in concept, but lots and lots of the design and execution was just really hard and really full of friction, and there was about four different health bars and everything. So it was all, all that kind of uh, tricky stuff. So it was certainly... Looking to solve those things, and even in Majora's Mask, or uh, you know, there's very, very few time loop games around at the time. But trying to figure out, yes, what is the right amount of time? Because if it's too long, exactly like you say, it's just it's it's agony and it's off-putting if you if you miss something, and then you feel like you've got to go around. So we honed in on that nine minutes, um, and then on the three skippable sections. So that it really just breaks down to those three, three-minute chunks. And the worst-case scenario, really, is that you are two and a half minutes away from where you'd want to be. And, and even and all of that, we could alleviate in puzzle design and everything else. I think there's very, very, very few things in the game where it's going to be a case of a key thing that you need to do is in a really late stage of one of those three-minute blocks. So all you can do is skip time to noon, four, or eight, and then kind of wait for that time to come around to think oh, there's you know, it's probably only one or two bits like that, because that's all the stuff that obviously we're trying to avoid. But, but, you know, by having those skipping times that, you know, you can get close to it. And then again, that's another it's a difficult thing to balance, because when you're developing the game and you're staring at it all the time or you're looking at people struggle with a puzzle, the most tempting thing in the world is go, oh, well, why don't we just give them a fast forward? You know, or why don't we just let people have even more granularity? Why don't we let them, you know, skip to a specific five minute period or 10 minute period, you know, all that stuff gets really tempting. But if you if you do that, if you just had it as a debug thing where you can just sort of fast forward around, there'd be no opportunity for people to accidentally discover the other stuff. Because, you know, if, if instead, you know, that something that you are sort of particularly interested in is about a minute away you look at something else, you know, maybe you spy through a different door, or you see another character, or you you start a new loop, and you think, I really want to focus on Trinity. That's what my goal is. But you start a new loop, but you're thinking, well, I'm only really interested in Trinity at a certain point. Uh, you've seen what she does up until the point that you're interested in. So in that time gap where you're sort of going, oh, okay, well, I've actually kind of got free time at the moment. You look at Clay instead. You look at some other character, and that's how it all it all builds. And you would actually lose that if you gave people too much power to, to laser in on exactly what they want to want to do, because part of it is actually, you know, tempting and encouraging people into exploring and going like, Oh, you know, I've got, I've got a I've got little time, you know, I'm going to what, look what's going over here. And then they start finding a new thread and following another thread and all that kind of thing. So yeah, all of it's a, it's a tricky balance. If you remove all friction from a design, you know, you just end up with a really, really flat experience. But I've seen time and time again, you know, in AAA games that I've worked on as well, that temptation just grows within a dev team, When it's particularly when things aren't shaping up as you want them to and it's not quite landing with players, you will get a huge push as people start to panic that it's like, oh, we need to get rid of this bit of friction. We need to get rid of this. Reduce the penalties, reduce the penalties, reduce the penalties. You do all that and you end up with something that is now Really flat, just doesn't have any texture to it. It's just it's all positive with no negatives.
0: Yeah, I, I totally get that. Like you say, it's difficult, isn't it? You got to really experiment. It is, like you said, an art rather than a science. Finding that sweet spot and then figuring out we can give you this, but if we do, yeah, it, it's it's no good because then yeah, there is no fun, right? There is mm. there is a certain element of um, adversity. Involved in fun, right? Mm. Um, You look at uh, a a football game, right? An actual game of football that people will play in person. There's a ball, a bunch of people try to kick the ball into the goal. That's really reducing it down, but there is, there's adversity. If we, if we act, if I can't think of the right word, but if we let the other team score a goal, then we have to get two to be better than them. Mm. So there is a real struggle and, and there is that struggle of kicking the ball around, but then that struggle makes it fun. Yeah, right. Yeah. So Mm. there is an element of struggle, an element of um, pain, not pain, but not physical pain, but like that that mental pain of, I can't figure this out. There's an element of that in the actual fun of the game. And then there's obviously the, oh, of course, moment when you solve the puzzle and then Mm -hmm. you get the reward of going to the next section of the game.
1: Yeah, exactly. All of that
0: is you have to really perfectly balance it, don't you?
1: Mm, Yeah. I mean, you know, and you'll never get it right for everybody either because obviously everybody's different. So people are going to say, it's too hard, it's too easy, or, you know, I rinse So Some people approach Shakespeare's out in a very methodical way. Uh, it will say, well, you know, I've got this loop and I'm going to follow this character. And that that's definitely, that's, you know, an efficient way of doing it, that I will focus on this character and I will see everything that I can possibly see of them until they go somewhere where I can't follow them. And then the next day, I will, you know, follow someone else and I'll fill things out that way. Um, that's definitely a way of doing it. It's, you know, it's not what, I would necessarily do. I'm not that kind of player. I probably would more, you know, just follow the things that seem interesting at the time if something, you know, interesting happens over here. Because it's sort of like immersive theatre, right, if you've ever done any of those things. that I mean, that was an inspiration on the game as well. But when you go to one of those things and the play is all taking place around you, well, I mean, some of the fun of it is being tempted away by other things you see you see one thing that's interesting that's going on you're following this character but then you see something somebody over here's been shot or something and then you go oh well obviously i'm going to wander over here and find out what that's all about so that's you know part of the fun of it
0: remember to come back next time for part two of our interview with charles about the sexy brutal until then take it easy and why not leave us a review right? Intro music is Among the Stars by Muse Station Productions. Outro music is I Need You Watashi no Sabate by G.H. Spoiler break music is Spectrum Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleanser music is Breathe Deep Breathe Clear by Siobhan DeGay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link.